0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapyansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, so I wanted to speak a little bit about Pesach and go through a point that I think is a, a, a fundamental point. It's a moral. Um, I'm not going to be saying all much my own. I'm not going to read it inside, but uh, more or less, it's coming from a Maral in, uh, in his Gevuras Hashem. Uh, maral's Sefer on uh, Pesach is called Gevuras Hashem. And half of it, it goes through the psukim from the beginning of Shmos until the end of Beshalach, Um And then he starts with the Agatha. He has a few chapters on the Halachis. And then he has a running commentary on the Agada. And this, this piece is from chapter 51, where he speaks about um, the, the, uh, the um, matzah and what possible connection does Lechem Oni have to Geula. So the Torah calls um, matzah Lechem Oni, which is translated as bread of affliction suffering poverty the word oni and oni, meaning oni meaning poverty um oni is also to be impoverished um it means the bread of poverty so why is it called that and secondly what makes so why it's called that well well it's a very simple bread um it doesn't taste particularly good it's uh you know, I mean, it's uh, it is what it is. If, if you've ever tasted the real matzah, um, we Ashkenazim do not bake it that way. But the spider have like pita um, that is um, unleavened, and it's really pretty different. It's soft, but it sits in you because it's a chunk, and um, so uh, you know, it it is something that's um, it, it not not pleasant particularly, but. The problem is the it's associated with the geula. We eat matzah and maror. Maror is the bitterness of the of the galas. that makes sense. It's some sort of bitter herb. And um, matzah we eat beheseba because it's derecheres. It's the bread of freedom. Why is lechem oni called lechem oni? Um, it it it. The morale S, it can also be nice. You can make it nice. It doesn't have to look schlacky. May not. And, and how does that, how can we take something which is called lechemoni and apply it to freedom? That's his main questions. He goes through a few different explanations, um, rejects them, and he goes off to say his own. So he says like this, um the first point he says is we need to distinguish between um the 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 assets of a person who is free vis-a-vis the actual transition to freedom in other words true that a person who is wealthy uh, you know, a free man as opposed, a slave is is by definition poor. He he he, he legally possesses nothing, but um it, it it it's the process by which he becomes a free person is called oni, which means poverty, and he tries to explain how that is or what that is. The opposite, the halachic opposite of lechem oni. Is something called matza ashira, rich matza. Rich matza means matza that's been made with various flavoring, um, juices, honey, sugar, anything else goes with it. Um halachically, it, it's permissible to eat all pesach. We do have a stringency not to eat it because it might more readily in some ways become comments, but that's irrelevant to this discussion. Um, it's, it's uh, halachically, um, it's perfectly fine to eat it. You cannot be yotze it. You cannot be yotze the mitzvah at a of, of eating matzah with that. That's called matzah ashira. So the morale says, if matzah ashira means matzah that has an addition to it of some sort of sweetener juice or anything that makes it more um pleasant then chametz is the ultimate addition to the matzah chametz is something which can which it's it's matzah ashira is something which you can separate the sweetness from the matzah itself and say that there's the matzah and there's the honey. But chametz is an addition that actually becomes part and parcel of the matzah. And in that way, it's much worse in terms of taking away from what matzah is about, which I'll explain in a moment, than um, something that is called matzah which is an added sweetener. So there's matzah, there's matzah shira, which is an added sweetener, and there's chametz. the 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 scale is a, the scale of how much of how much addition is there to the bread itself. Honey and sweetener is an addition, but because it's not actually integrated so well, we can look at it as a side addition and it doesn't really affect the matzah in itself, whereas um, the, the, the chametz is, is an addition that's integrated, and that's why it totally is negated. So the the, the structure is matzah, matzah, shin and chametz. But what is it about? So if we ask ourselves, what is the core definition of freedom it comes with the term independent it's synonymous with the term self-sufficient in other words i am as free as those as as the those items that i'm not that i'm not dependent on if i am dependent on something then vis-a-vis that, I am not free. So, um, the, the, the 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 dependency, um, when the Jews were in Egypt, they were slaves. A slave is dependent on his master. He has no ability to earn his way. He has no ability to make any decisions. Granted, it may have been forced on him, but the reality is, a slave is considered to be some sort of appendage to the master. And legally, the way slavery is set up is that you're part of it. It also actually created a psychological dependency. Um, it, you know, One of the phenomena when they, when they freed the slaves in, in America was many of them just couldn't wander off on their own and strike out on their own because um, they had lost that ability. That's one of the tragedies of slavery. So, if we define something free, it means that it is independent of other things. If somebody is dependent on an outside being, entity for different things, it taxes his independence. It says, that I'm not such an independent person. But it's not as difficult as something which is where a person is, is somehow dependent inside himself for something. For instance, let's take an example. Imagine a person um, cannot live without public approval of his actions so so here i have the person i really would like to do x but i have a need for people to tell me you're a great guy so um that's much more of a dependency and much less free and independent than a person with someone takes a stick if someone takes a stick and says you're going to wear what I think is fashionable. You're going to do what I think is right. It definitely has cut down my independence, but not as much as if I internally have become dependent on people's approval. Um, God forbid people that are addicted, um, they are the truly dependent people because they're not dependent on the outside person, their own self slash body slash mind um, demands something. So freedom requires that the person not have any needs. So if let's say my minimal need is um, X amount of, calories per day. I need 5,000 calories per day, I'm just pick a number. I am nowhere as free as a person who can make it with 2,000 calories or 1,000 calories because I am dependent internally on a lot more than him. I need to be close to a refrigerator. I need to be close to, to a place where I can hunt uh, meat. I, can, I, 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 I need all these things. So whenever we have on... So on Pesach night... And um, because we're trying to um, the mode is a mode of being independent, F- an only a poor man, we look at a poor man as kind of feeling bad, you know to be associate bad, but the definition of poor means without possessions. without possessions also means i don 't mean the pun, without baggage. The, the poor man has very few needs. I need a meal, a square meal, and if it's very cold outside, a place to sit inside. Other than that, I can just walk around. So, the type of bread, now the, the, the concept of eating bread that is X or Y or Z, since bread is the staple of human diet since way back when, before meat could become so prominent, so on, bread is the staple. So, the bread that you eat is sort of the mode that you're in. And, and therefore, if we eat bread that should, should be the type of, um, if we eat bread that sort of should be feeding a mode of cheiros, that bread is going to be the bread of simplicity. Flour and water, and that's it. I'm good to go. The, the 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 diet, so to speak, it's built on the person who is free is built on this. The um, this has another very strong manifestation in 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 um, in the halachis of Pesach, and that is as follows: we have two ways. In which things come into being, evolutionary or revolutionary, things evolve from something that was, or things make a break and disc- and, and they see themselves as the, the beginning of something. They no longer are a continuation of something. Anything that evolves. By definition, is beholden to wherever it came from. If I'm if if I'm so and so's a a disciple, except accept that I've moved forward, but that means a lot of me is still a continuation of it. The the, the, the it, it, we we emphasize the fact that it was that the, that um, the the leaving of Egypt was bechepazol. Hipozon is translated in haste. The, 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 so it doesn't just mean the speed. Chippozon is, is translated a lot better. Like Pachas Kamayim, it's um, not only in haste, but also impulsively. It means it's not a continuation of what was. Anything that evolves, anything that is a continuation of a process, is falls within the structure of time. So, um, if I if if I if I leave a rock here, how long will it take for the rock to dissolve? It takes about a hundred years for the water to dissolve it over the years. If I come with a hammer and smash it to smithereens, it's it's very quickly. So. Anything that would, so if we were to be in Egypt, our biggest problem wasn't the Egyptians holding a sort of over our heads. Much worse than that was that we were emotionally bound. We, we were helpless. If you, if you look at the story, the kind of story, they kept saying, oh, we wish we could go back. We wish they, we, we wish they, you know, um, they, they, we have the fish we ate. There, which is, which is, what is it all about? If it was so bad, why do we want to go back? The answer is because the feeling, this new feeling where they have to fend for themselves and wait for Kodesh Baruch Hu, there was something that was very hard for them. I, I mean, I don't know if you remember, you don't, nobody remembers anymore. When the Iron Curtain fell, years later, people were, were upset even though there was so much more to be had and so many other things but the one thing being a sl- enslaved to the government meant everything was provided it was horrible quality it was not available all all of the terrible things are true but it was there whether you worked or didn't work whatever was there was the standard pension that came from the government there was an officially a hospital where you could go to you didn't have to fend so people in Egypt had become acculturated in many ways. They became used to being slaves. They became used to the mitzvah, um, idolatry. This is, this is, this is, uh, you know, if, if, if my master is, is worships these idols, this is what, uh, intelligent, uh, society does. It, it, I became 200 years we were there. We became very, very, very Egyptian and we couldn't, Leave. We had to break away. Chipazol means that it was a breakaway. So haste means disjunct. It was not connected in any way. It wasn't an evolutionary process. It was something that we we we, we had to um, just break away. The moral comments, and he says the um, that if you take a look, there's a constant stress. The Chodesh Nisan is the first month. It's called first, and, and that's where we have to treat it. The, um, so he explains, and this the morale does many places, numbers have an associated symbolism with it an associated um, I- I- expression. When I say something happens three times, it means it's tried and proven. It's not the first time it happens, it's the second time, it's the third time that it happened. So three represents something which is very solid. Ten represents a group, and so on. A lot of different numbers have um, sort of meanings, metaphors that, that they associate with. One is something... That does not follow on the heels of anything else. That's what one is is about. One means a new start. And therefore, the chodesh of Geula is Chodesh Rishon. Um, and I'll quote the line, he says, A bo his chabrusman, It's not continuous time. It is new. Anything else that you talk about. Um, it, 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 when you talk about numbers, every number is defined in the number that it follows. Um, it, it, three is one more than two. Four is one more than three. One is a new a, a, a new barrier. Something that nothing was there and now something came. So the appropriate month for Geula is Chodesh Arishon because it needs to be. Discontinuous from the previous months. So the morale says that, that, that time of being first means that it's, it's the right frame of time is when it starts from new. It starts, it's, it starts from nowhere before. So let's just briefly summarize, then we'll, we'll, we'll see another point maybe. So the morale, the morale is saying as follows. The definition of Geula, of Ben-Khorin, is somebody who is independent. And independent means there's no inner dependency. The less inner dependency there is, then, then um, the, 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 that makes a person more independent. That, that makes a person more independent. Um, therefore, only poverty in the sense of not, a poor person is not only someone that doesn't have possessions, he lives on much less. That becomes the, 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 the modus vivendi of chayrus It's something that expresses itself in the fact that it is chodesh rishon. It's discontinuous. It's not the result of something, but it is its own thing. I want to point to a, a, um, a phrase in the Haggadah that I think reflects this. It says, Our forefathers were, in the beginning, worshipped idols. It means Terach. Um, terach was Avram's father. He was a good old, a prominent idol worshiper. And uh, and uh, Avram was his son. But after Akash says, was to, to and so on. So I once heard actually, of Salvatic. The 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 um, he asked. The phrasing is wrong. It's not our forefathers used to be over the Zara. It, 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 it used to be, it, it, and it's not. It used to be that our forefathers were, were over the Zara. Our forefathers were over the Zara, and, and then and then this happened. I would like to suggest. And I think he himself suggests something similar. He said a little bit of a different thought, but I I like suggesting light of morale. Terach is not our forefather anymore. I mean, biologically, true, but Avram was not a a a two point version of Terach, a new and improved version of Terach. It was discontinuous. Avram broke away from Terach. That's where um, he became. The, the The father of, so the point we're trying to make when we say this statement we're not trying to knock poor old Terach, we're trying to say we don't our our um, sense of right and wrong of God in the world is a new creation Avram it says Avram is the letters he he he's a he is as if there's a new creation because in terms of understanding things, in terms of understanding God and man, Avram does not continue terror at all. It's a breakaway. I want to add a point to, and I think it's in the Maral's words, where he speaks about the distinction between the process of freedom to, 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 to a person who is free and, and about. Let's think a little bit about this. If someone will ask me, does a car make you more free or less free of a person? So let's take, uh, 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 let's take uh, uh, a Marshall. Imagine I'm a healthy person, young, bar Hashem, I'm a young, healthy person, not so young, but healthy. I can walk five miles. That's sort of my limit. I get a car and now I can go 10 miles. 100 miles. That's one scenario. Let's compare it. I get a car and I can't even go a block without taking my car, which is what typically happens. So, let's try to look at the difference. The first person because he still retained himself and he just um and and he added so, so then, this car greatly enhances his freedom, and yes, it extends it. The other person, since he can't do anything himself, so the car has crippled him, not not enhanced it. Once, that's what the is saying. Once the person has his freedom, so now he can he can add to it. So any any wealth, if a person has wealth but doesn't need it. So so a person lives, can live on, you know, whatever, $100 a week, just, just pick the number. And any other money that comes in, I choose. Do I think it's important to fix the roof? Do I think it's important to give it to somebody? Do I think it's important to to, to, to print something? What do I think is important to do with it? That person, the wealth. Adds to his freedom. He's not only free to 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 do what's right; he's free to do more than he can. It it becomes an extension. But if a person earns thousand dollars a week, and now he's he he can't live without that, so so he is much less of a free man than the other person. Pesach is supposed to make us independent of um, many many things that we become dependent. A, a free person is a person who has no dependencies on others, but much more important, very few things that he's dependent on internally. Once a person has mastered that, if a person has that ability, then anything that gets added to him, and he retains that ability, anything that added extends his freedom. So, so matze um, is lechemoni. I, I want to address the olam. I, I mean, it's amazing, Bemis, that everyone here is, um, I, I'm, I, you know, sticking around in yeshiva. People are, um, people are really making do. I'm, I'm sure you're not starving to death, but it's still a sense of being limited. You, you can't walk about much. You can't just go to town. You can't, you can't do much, and it's sort of life at its simplest. It's a tremendously empowering experience in the sense that, um, you, you see that you can, you know, have, have shtender will travel. Shtender those, those tables you learn on. So all you need is a shtender, a a, 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 safer and you're good to go. Coffee. Okay. Coffee. We'll grant the coffee to everybody, but tachlis, at the end of the day, it, it still is extremely empowering. Um, it's, it's, so you're learning Torah in, in a way that, empowers you you understand really that a person you know it, that that a person's life can be about a lot of other things and god willing in Hashem when this difficult situation clears up when you move on you'll you'll retain that freedom where the less you need the more free you are and the assets that God grants you um you can use it in many many ways to fulfill things that 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 you feel are what you want to fulfill by session So, everybody should have a wonderful Yontif with, with a true simcha, simcha of Pesach and a true sense of freedom. And, uh, we'll, we will be from this little dark gullus and uh, from, the, from the big dark gullus um, soon, okay. Uh, good.
1: Thank you very much. Rob do you yeah. have any time to take any questions if any guys who would like a to? Little ask bit, a little bit.
0: A little bit. I have time. Yeah.
1: Okay. Maybe the guys can ask in the chat box. Do you have access to chat there on your screen? There's
0: a little chat
1: right, right so over the, here. Tap and, that and you should be able to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if anybody has any specific questions to ask. Okay. Nothing popping okay. up. There. Nothing okay,
0: good. So, okay.
1: oh, wait, we just have here's a question: How does this connect with the rich matzah?
0: So, matzah that's rich is not as bad as chametz because you can the matzah itself. When I look at matzah ishira, the, the the rich matzah, the richest of the matzah is is sort of external. So, even if it's honey in the matzah. But I, I recognize the matz is the breadiness of it, and the honey is the sweetness of it. But when it's chametz, it's almost a statement that the breadiness of it, the breadness of it, is something that 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 is more flour and water. So it's it's a it's a greater encroachment on 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 the freedom. Okay, good, uh, Okay,
1: thank you. Oh, thank you. There's one more question there, if you have time for it. My yeah. one is asking how does this intersect with the Gemara that says that three things expand a man's das?
0: So, so th- th- they have to expend a man's das means if it's if if it expends it, if you if it becomes your das, then you have a problem with it. So expending it, I, I'll tell you over just a, f- a funny story. I hope, I hope uh, I can. The translation works well enough. Um I I I had a, a, a sort of a mentor friend. His name was Shleim Macheshin. He passed away a few months ago. He was a Yerushalmi, very wise person, very warm person, very caring person. I learned with him the first year I was in Shiva as a young boy. He taught me, and um he was like a mentor, very special person. And when he got married, which was in the 60s, um he he was a yeshivahmi, but he did something, um, he, he did something that was um, what's the right word for it, um, daring at the time. And he treated himself to a luxurious two-bedroom apartment instead of a one-bedroom apartment, which was the the norm in those days. So his uncle, um, who was an old yeshivahmi, real strict yeshivahmi, you know into What kind of luxuries is that? So he told him, well, doesn't the Gemara say that three things expand a person's mind? And one of them is diranoia, a a beautiful apartment. So the word in Hebrew is marchivim, means to expand. So his uncle told him, well, if you look at the mashah, which is a, a primary commentary on the back of the Gemara's, it says that the that um the the, the text should read machrivim, which means destroy a person's a, a, a person's mind. So answered him and he said, Uncle, when you studied the Gemara, it baffled you, you didn't understand it. So you went to look at the Mashon. and you found the answer. He said, I studied the Gemara and it made a lot of sense to me as it read, so I'd never bothered to look at at any, I had no need to amend the 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 the, the um you know the, the, the text.
1: <laughs> okay. okay. There's, one, there's one. There's one last question. Is it redemption only truly valuable when it comes from the person himself, like Abraham? In the case of the Exodus, the Jewish people did very
0: little. But you know what? When we, we when we were acted upon, you know, when a person goes through um, traumatic events. It has an effect on the person, no matter what. This is the reason why, when Hashem brings stress and difficulties on us, we um, we change. So it's true that if we do it ourselves, it's better. But if if Hashem, and that's why we had to do some mitzvah. We had to we had to do it bris milah. We had to do the carbon pesach. We had to make some steps. It says, "I So we had no no merits. But at the end of the day, when, when you go through experiences that are traumatic, they shape you, they change you. And, and that's why, that's how it worked. Okay.
1: Okay, thank you very, very much.
0: Uh, okay, all the best.
1: Bye.
0: Thank you.